I'm Jenny Carlson. I'm Barry Trammell. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show. Hey, before we get started this week, as they say, a quick word from our sponsor. And Barry, this one's personal for you. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, we uh, I'm a longtime blood donor. Uh, I've given 278 donations to the Oklahoma Blood Institute. And Sellout Crowd is proud to announce that we're partnering with the Bob Moore Auto Group and the Oklahoma Blood Institute to challenge our creators and our audiences to be like Barry and give blood. Um, we're asking uh, 278 new donors coming from Sellout Crowd's uh, listeners and readers, trying to uh, trying to entice them this week to uh, get out to uh, various Bob Moore Auto Group locations and uh, and donate these life saving products. Um, Will anyone that donates, signs up to donate, will be uh, included in a, uh, a drawing for a new Kia Soul? So that's our challenge. Uh, starting today, people can go to, to different Bob Moore locations throughout the metro to donate. And uh, you can also come to selloutcrowd.com slash OBI and register. So uh, and uh, it's just a, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful endeavor. Bob Moore Auto Group is passionate about this. Uh, I've been doing it a long time. We've team, teamed up to help OBI, so uh, get out and donate. Yeah, hey, and I don't know that I'm eligible for that car. I think I might actually be, but I am donating 1 o'clock Wednesday at Bob Moore Ford. Uh, so if you want to come out and see me, we can talk some some football if you'd like. Wednesday, I'll be doing that, so come join me. But if you can't donate then, again, it's selloutcrowd.com slash OBI. Sign up and donate, and hey, everybody gets a free T-shirt. Who doesn't love free T-shirts, Barry? And a free entry to the Oklahoma City Zoo. So pretty cool stuff there. Um, all right. Hey, let's get to the football, Barry. Sooners and Cowboys have started Big 12 play, but their starts were pretty darn different. OU went to Cincinnati, beat the Bearcats in a really highly charged atmosphere there at Nippert Stadium. OSU, on the other hand, continued its slide with a loss to an Iowa State team that had lost to Ohio the week before. We're going to talk about OU's upcoming game against Iowa State, OSU's bye week, and lots more. But first. Let's start with the Sooners, BT. Well, we saw a pitcher's duel in Cincinnati. We uh, we saw a defensive slugfest. Sooners win it 20-6. to They hold uh, the Bearcats without a touchdown. Uh, two field goals is all that Cincinnati mustered. Uh, now Oklahoma's given up just three touchdowns in four games. And you've got to ask, uh, is the defense back? What do you think, Jacko? Is uh, is it too early to declare that uh, Brent Venables has restored the Sooner defense? Well, I don't know if I'm ready to say that it's back to what it was, say, when he uh, w- was coordinating the Sooner defense back in the early 2000s. I think let's let's give it a little more time and a little bit more uh, runway before we would determine that. But I tell you what, I looked at the defense, second half. Cincinnati only had three possessions that didn't didn't include the end of the game possession. And they get one field goal and three, I'm sorry, no, they get uh they get three uh force force downs, uh, turnover on downs. I mean, this was a team that this was a defense that especially in the second half, they got off the field when they needed to, Barry. Third down, fourth down, they were holding Cincinnati and I think that's a really good sign in a game where they knew at that point that the offense, you know, they had some long drives. We'll talk about the offense in a second, but they knew at that point that the offense was not 
maybe going to score 40, um, wasn't going to score 40. And for them to come and step forward and do what they did, I thought that was impressive. Yeah, I thought it was a very good, uh, a very good way to get the, uh, uh, to keep the defensive momentum going. Cincinnati's is not an offensive juggernaut. Desmond Ritter is no longer quarterbacking the Bearcats. Emory Jones, who is uh, quarterback the previous two years at Florida and Arizona State, he's, uh, he's the quarterback at Cincinnati. He's a playmaker in terms of his legs. He's hard to corral, very mobile guy, um, not, a, not a great thrower. Uh, so the Cincinnati offense is, uh, it's okay. It's solid. It's not great. But for the uh, Sooners to go on the road and put a clamp down on Cincinnati like it did, it's a, it's a very good sign. Listen, they're not going to become the, uh, the OU defense of 2001 overnight, but this right. was a nice step. The Sooners uh, gave up a lot of, uh, a lot of big plays last year. They collapsed at inopportune times. That didn't happen against SMU. It didn't happen against Cincinnati. And those are the two semi-tests that the Sooners have had. So I think the, the arrow is pointing up on the OU defense. Frankly, that's just all you could ask for at this point in time after so many years in the wilderness. So I think it's, it's very good. You mentioned the fourth down stops, uh, lots of, you know, two, pick, two picks, uh, just good, solid defense from Oklahoma. That's going to help. Now, on the other side of the ball, I don't know. You know, Sooners, uh, 20 points. Uh, that's not great offense. Dylan Gabriel was good. The uh, the pass catchers were good. The running game, not so much, except in a, a few isolated incident, incidents. Uh, what do you think? Are we, uh, are, are we to worry about the Oklahoma offense at this point? Yeah, it was a little a little uneven on Saturday. Let, let's put it that way. Oklahoma had five drives that got into the red zone, and they scored on four of those drives, the one being that they didn't score on being Dylan Gabriel's uh, fumble on a run. So not not what you want there. You know, definitely close enough. They'd have gotten points had they not fumbled the ball away. But on those five drives, Barry, they had 427 yards. I mean, they – I'm sorry, they had 427 yards total, and on those – five drives they had 369 of those yards the other six possessions they had they had only 57 yards so very very up and down and um I, i'm gonna be looking at that a little bit uh in a column coming up but i think there were just a few things here and there that basically derailed <laughs> drives whether it was maybe a first down run that went for negative yards um obviously the the fumbles uh dylan gabriel's inside the the 20 was obviously one that hurt but they had a lateral that rolled out of bounds, wasn't actually recovered by Cincinnati. So some things that, you know, I, I think if they clean up a few things and, you know, nobody wants to hear excuses when they'd rather uh, you score 35, 40, 42, whatever. I get that. But it seems like to me it's it's not huge problems. It's not like um, you're seeing, at least I didn't think so, Barry, not like you're seeing something systematic that Oklahoma isn't doing offensively and can't possibly get better at. It seems like these are things that they can clean up and get better at and, and capitalize on some possessions. Yeah, it's, it's just a little mystifying why OU can't run the ball better. That's true. Um, you know, up in Stillwater, Cowboys haven't been running the ball well. We sort of know there's not, you know, the offensive line isn't getting the job done. Maybe that's the case in Norman on a, on a lesser scale, but uh, that's the concerning thing. Now, we did see some really nice, uh, you know, individual plays. Uh, Marcus Major had 
a 19-yard run on third and 19, which uh, sort of uh, kick-started the game into Oklahoma's favor. Uh, so uh, they had a, to open uh, the second drive of the third quarter. They dominated the series. Garanemic wrote about that series. Uh, you know the running the running game. But uh, as you mentioned, other places in the game it was non-existent. So uh, what I find interesting is is the uh, the complete changeover in tailbacks. Basically, they, you know Jeff Levy goes with two tailbacks in Cincinnati, Major and Tawai uh, Tawai Walker, and you know game three against uh, Tulsa. It's uh, Gavin Sawchuck and Javante Barnes, so it's almost like they're just they're just searching to see what combination of tailbacks they want to use. The running game has me a little concerned. So yeah, and I, yeah. I admit, Barry, that that is a concern as well. And I don't quite understand what's happening with the running backs. If you if you've got an answer, feel free to tell me because you know we saw Barnes a lot uh, two games ago. Then at Cincinnati, you know, not much of anything. Sawchuck the same thing. I, it, if, I don't know what's going on with the rotation. They said Major had a good week of practice, but I'm a little confused by the rotation at this point. Yeah, you know, just me, it looks like Javante Barnes is the best player. Uh, he also did not play against the two best teams or didn't play much, so probably need to see more. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's a good question, but here's the, here's the truth about the Sooners. Going into the year, we said – we're not going to know much about the Sooners until they play Texas. We now know that Texas is for real. They won it at Alabama, of course. And the uh, the opponents the Sooners have faced, about what we thought they were. Um, now Iowa State's coming to town. Not a, you know, not a juggernaut cyclone squad. Is what we said for the six months before this season still hold true? We're just not going to find out much about OU until the Texas game. Well, I think we maybe know more than we thought we might when it comes to, uh, you know, Oklahoma. I think we can look at some of those inside the the number numbers, whether it's missed tackles or, um, you know, some of those things that a year ago, if you looked inside 3-0 and in the non-conference versus what they were coming out of the non-conference this year, you saw a big difference. But I, you know, I, I think obviously the Texas game is going to be a test unlike anything else. Now, I do think it's interesting that Oklahoma's had a couple games where it's been a tighter fit than they were expecting SMU. I don't know if they were expecting necessarily to blow out Cincinnati in their Big 12 opener at Nippert Stadium. I mean, I think everybody, if you thought about it, knew that, that at least it would be a highly charged environment that Oklahoma would be going into. But um, you know, tighter fits games that, you know, got within a score, um, you know, in the second half, both of those games and Oklahoma responded. I think that's a really big positive that, you know, we saw them lose a ton of one possession games a year ago, a team that really struggled in those types of situations. So I think we can say they're improved, but as far as knowing, you know, exactly where OU is, yeah, I think Texas is definitely going to be a huge litmus test. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm afraid that is true. I will say the Sooners did survive in a snake pit. Uh, Nippert Stadium was charged. It was a great environment, great student involvement from UC. Uh, the Cincinnati fans were were juiced. It's a small stadium, 38,000 or so uh, capacity, but um, made a lot of noise. It's underground or below ground, basically. It contained... There were there was great atmosphere and the Sooners uh, sort of persevered. 
through it. So uh, I think that is a good sign that they've shown that they can go on the road and and play in a tough environment and and come out on the other side. So uh, I think that was a good a good sign for the 2023 season. All right, uh, Jacko, give us a score. Cyclones coming to town on Saturday off a victory over Oklahoma State. What do you see out of OU Iowa State? Yeah, this Iowa State defense, I mean, they gave up a decent amount of points to OSU, which was a bit of a surprise, quite honestly. I think Oklahoma's going to score up in the 30s, but I like what this OU defense is doing right now. And um, even though <laughs> Rocco Becht looked like uh, Joe Montana playing for the Cyclones on Saturday, uh, or looked like Brock Purdy, I don't know I who he looked say, like. You got the wrong 49er quarterback. <laughs> He looked like, yeah, his cyclone brother and Brock Birdie. There we go. Uh, but no, I mean, I got to think that Oklahoma's defense is going to be able to handle Iowa State's offense. I mean, oh, uh, Miami, or was it Ohio? Ohio managed them for crying out loud. So yeah, I think 31-13. Sorry, that's a long way to say I think Sooners, Sooners win handily. I'll go 31-13. I'm right with you. I got, I wrote down 34-14. So we're, you know, we're next door neighbors on the score. Um, I do think it's interesting. Iowa State uh, had a, a big time defense, and uh, even even through uh, three games and a rough start, Oklahoma State's offense looked much better Saturday. Uh, put up some points. I don't know what that means for the o- Iowa State defense. Uh, Oklahoma uh, historically has uh, during the during the Matt Campbell era has. Has not run roughshod over the Cyclones. We'll see what they do on Saturday. All right, let's jump over to Iowa State and uh, OSU, Barry. Let's talk about that game up in Ames. A week ago, you were sounding alarm bells about what uh, we saw OSU do against South Alabama. We saw another loss by Oklahoma State at Iowa State. So issues that you saw a week ago against South Alabama, better, different issues. What's the biggest concern now for you for the Cowboys after that loss to the Cyclones? Well, my biggest concern is that things, uh, when they get something plugged, something else uh, sprouts a leak. The things we saw against South Alabama, which were an inefficient offense, no offense, and stopping the run game, those things sort of got fixed in Ames. I mean, they scored 27 points against a good defense. Uh, They didn't let the Cyclones run the ball at all. But on the other hand, Iowa State, a really uh, ineffective passing team uh, lit up the Cowboys secondary. So I don't know. It just seems like when it rains, it pours for the Cowboys. Uh, they've got they've got more problems now than they did uh, going to Ames. And uh, now at two and two, I don't know what to make. I don't know what to make of the future of this team other than they're just, they got a lot of work to do in a lot of different areas. Yeah, I thought the secondary problems were, I mean, it was an exposure. Uh, three touchdown passes for Iowa State, and on all three, guys, basically receivers, untouched. Um, you know, one was uh, a defensive back fell down, and and that created the, the problem. But um, saw some guys get, you know, supposedly passed off into the secondary. Safety was supposed to come and cover, and uh, in one instance there was another slip, but I thought the cushion was maybe something that he wasn't going to be able to come back from anyway. So really, really not, it's got to be disheartening because if it's a continuation of a problem, eh, that's disheartening in a different way. But Barry, I mean, these just, there's just all sorts of issues with this team. And you talked about it last week with the South Alabama loss, just a deficiency in talent 
it feels like there's just a deficiency across the board and it's showing up in a, in a variety of ways. And now we've seen it two weeks in a, in a row. So I think that's, that's gotta be really worrisome for, uh, for the Cowboys, coaches, players, anybody within that program. We did see the Cowboys though, go with one quarterback the whole game. I believe you and I were both of the belief. Why not? Maybe, you know, it wouldn't fix everything, but uh, it surely couldn't hurt to, to give it a try. Alan Bowman was the guy. So um, you know, but then after the game, Barry, we saw Mike Gundy basically say, I don't know if Alan Bowman's the guy moving forward. So what in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here, Barry? Well, I think a couple of truths are self-evident to borrow from our forefathers. Um, <laughs> one is this team is just not very good. Uh, we've come to expect a lot more out of Oklahoma State. We've come to expect quality football, even when they don't have a great season. They're still competitive. They're still, um, you know, able to function. They're able to to win games. They, you know, that are hard to win. Uh, they're able to get that win total up. That's not. That doesn't look feasible with this team. This team has problems on offense. This team has troubles on defense. And there's not too many more places to have trouble. So this is a this is a team that looks like it's headed for a very poor season. And the truth of the matter is, at quarterback, whether you rotate three, whether you go with the one, they just don't really have the playmaking ability that they've become accustomed to. Uh, love or hate him, uh, Spencer Sanders was a playmaker in four years at Oklahoma State. He got a lot of things done. Uh, before that, they had a great run of quarterbacking. Zach Robinson. Mason Rudolph, Brandon Whedon, even Taylor Cornelius, the his own year, uh, he made a lot of plays, still playing professional football in Canada, so a good player. The talent level at quarterback has dropped, and whether you play one or three is not really going to change that talent level. So I just, you know, I don't know that Mike Gundy has a lot of places to turn right now to improve this team. They, uh, you know, they sprang Ollie Gordon for a 71-yard gain. Uh, but otherwise, they still didn't run the ball well. I think it was less than two, three yards a carry. I think uh, the rest of the the rest of the running game. So they got a lot of problems. They don't have a lot of solutions. That's a bad combination. I thought after losing to South Alabama thirty three to seven, it looked like a long season in Stillwater. Still looks like it to me. Yeah, and it, where those wins to get bowl eligible come from remains to be seen. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, here in a minute. But, you know, you, you, we talked about last week, OSU, name a quarterback, pick somebody. We're not exactly sure when they did that with Alan Bowman. Uh, we know it was before the game. Uh, it wasn't a, a, a spur-of-the-moment decision. It wasn't like they made it as he played. But we don't know that he got a full week of reps with the offense in practice. Frankly, I would like to see a quarterback in a game after having a full diet of reps in practice, being the guy throughout practice. Now, maybe that was the case with Alan Bowman. I don't think it was. Uh, ben and Sam Hutchins uh, are, are, are an intrepid twins covering the Cowboys, asked around and couldn't get a solid answer on that after the game on Saturday. So I'm not exactly sure what the, the setup was. So I would like to see Bowman or whomever the Cowboys pick moving forward. If they're going to change quarterbacks, at least give the guy a full week worth of practice for crying out loud to, to see what he can do. Um, because 
I think that I think that they they deserve to get a full complement of practice to figure out what they can really do. And if that wasn't the case with Bowman, I would still like to see that out of the quarterback. Because I'm with you, Barry. I don't think these guys are the next coming of Mason Rudolph or whomever. But at least give a guy the chance to, you know, sink into that offense to let the offense figure out where he's most comfortable, where they're most comfortable, and move forward that way. Because if you don't do those things, you're taking a team that seems short on talent and asking them to do things that are going to be really, really difficult. Um, OSU now moves into an off week, Barry. Uh, Friday night game against K-State, a team that people picked in the preseason to win the Big 12 looms after the off week. So, you know, then a game against an improved and now ranked Kansas team follows after that. Um, you put yourself in Mike Gundy's shoes, Barry. How do you structure this off week? What do you do? What are your priorities for this team? Well, I'm a couple of things. I, I, I defensively, whatever you can to get the defense lined out. The defense actually held up, you know, to some degree uh, earlier in the season, not Saturday. Fix the secondary. You know. I, I don't know that the offensive line can be fixed. I think the secondary can be fixed or the pass defense where it doesn't necessarily have to be the DBs, whatever uh, has gone into the, to the pass defense uh, troubles, get that fixed. Um, give yourself a chance to play low scoring games and low scoring games by definition are competitive and they'd have a chance to win some. Um, but this is going to be a struggle. This is going to be a scrape. This is going to be a, uh, a scratch and claw season just trying to get to six wins. I don't think they can do it. The uh, the OSU schedule is a little bit tougher than we thought. For instance, West Virginia seemed like, hey, there's a, there's a team uh, should be able to get. The Mountaineers are better than people thought. Neil Brown told us uh, they beat Texas Tech. They Some people thought they would get out of September with only one win. They're now three and one with a chance at another. So uh, the the teams that the Cowboys are going to be able to beat is uh, is not growing; it's shrinking. So this could be a long year. Uh, fix what you can fix. To me, right now, that's the defense. Yeah, we'll we'll get to we'll get to win predictions here in a second because we don't have a game to pick this week. But I, I'm with you, Barry. I think defense has got to be uh, what they look at. It, and by the way. I'm giving my starting quarterback, I'm, whoever it is, if it's Bowman or whoever, give them the off week and next week to be the starter in practice. Give them that much and see what happens. Maybe it's a total bust. Maybe it doesn't help anything. But if I'm Mike Gundy, I'm giving the quarterback, the starting quarterback, that chance and just let's see what happens. That would be my my thing on offense that I'm doing. Defensively, yeah, I, I don't know what happened on Saturday. Had some young guys, maybe just total miscommunication, some things that they needed to clean up. Lyric Rawls was unavailable, a more veteran guy, a guy that's been playing a lot. Maybe having him not there was uh, was key. Maybe getting him back if he is available, maybe that helps there. But, man, they have got to get that buckled down because, Barry, I thought their run defense was pretty good, but their pass defense, man, it, it made you forget that they were stopping the run as well as they were. Yeah, it's just, you know, the vibe is just is gone from this uh from this program and this team. Uh and it was soaring so so well. Uh you know, just just last uh, October, late in October, Cowboys were 6 and 1. So they had won 17 of their last 20 games with a bunch of notable victories. 
over the likes of, of Notre Dame and Oklahoma and, and, uh, and Texas. And now, you know, losing at Iowa State, losing to South Alabama, uh, looking at a very poor season. Um, this is the kind of this kind of thing where Mike Gundy in the past has sort of got off the mat. You know, oh, 2014, they did not look good at all. He found a way to, to scratch and claw and get to six wins and win a bowl game, seven and six. It just doesn't feel like – it does not feel like the uh, the pieces are in place for that kind of repeat to happen in 2023. Well, that leads to my last question on OSU, Barry. What about a, a season prediction? Now four games in with the off week. We don't have a game to pick. It sounds like I know your answer to this, but do you think the Cowboys are getting bowl eligible this season? Can they get to six wins? Well, they can because it's still – you know, this is not, this is not a uh, – a, a murderer's row of Big 12 schedule they've got. But I'm hard-pressed to find four more wins. Uh, I'm hard-pressed to find three more wins. I'm thinking four and eight for uh, for the Cowboys. Uh, wow. I think they can beat Houston. I think Cougars are probably the worst team in the Big 12. Uh, but then you gotta, you'd have to find find three wins from, from West Virginia in Morgantown, home games against BYU and Cincinnati. I think BYU and Cincinnati uh, and West Virginia, all three are better teams right now than the Cowboys. I think if OSU wins one of those three, that's maybe, uh, without turning things around, that may be all, all that they're capable of. I'm going to say a 4-8 and eight finish right now for OSU. Yeah, they're going to have to perform over expectations. That's just the bottom line. And, you know, losing at Iowa State, that's a game that you – can win and should win if you want to get bowl eligible because you're not going to be you're not going to be the the talent superior to many teams if any left on your schedule so you know going on the road like you said had West Virginia had the West Virginia game this year been in Stillwater maybe I look at that a little different even though West Virginia has played better but having to go on the road I think Cincinnati BYU I think those are winnable games but right now, where's the where's any confidence that Oklahoma State's going to be able to win those games? I said a week ago I wanted to see after South Alabama was South Alabama the outlier or was that a continuation of a of a ugly trend back into last season? Iowa State confirmed that South Alabama wasn't an outlier. This is a team that has serious issues and it's going to be really difficult to overcome. So unless they're going to upset somebody, several somebodies there's a good chance that this this team is not going bowling for the first time since Mike Gundy's first year as the Cowboys head coach. So that uh, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. Hey, let's do one more before we get out of here, Barry. Let's just talk about this. We've come to the end of the first month of the season. We've got a little bit better idea of what teams are about. It's not a clear clear picture, but at this point, give me your four teams that are going to the college football playoff. Well, I don't. Um, I think it's going to be fairly similar to uh, to what we saw a year ago, in that I think two Big Ten teams are going to make it. Now, uh, the schedule, especially after Ohio State beat Notre Dame on Saturday, that really set the Big Ten up. I think uh, I don't think anybody in the Big Ten is going to pull an upset over Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State. I don't see anybody in the West capable. I don't see anybody otherwise in the East capable. So one of two things is going to happen. They're going to each beat each other and finish 11-1 and one 
and one team's going to get the tiebreaker and go spank somebody in the Big Ten title game, and the committee will have a tough choice, but we'll pick one of the other teams to make it, so I think two gets in that way. Or somebody's going to sweep and um, and go uh, go nine and zero in the Big Ten. Whoever wins the other game, so I, I I'm, I'll say Ohio State and Michigan are, are going to make it, but I think Penn State could. I think two teams from the Big Ten will make it. I think Georgia's going to make it, and then I think the last place uh, or the, the last spot comes down to the Pac-12 champion or uh, the Oklahoma Texas winner. I don't know that uh, the Sooners can get to uh, 12-0. I don't know that they can get to 11-1, and um, even uh, with losing to Texas. If they beat Texas and finish 11-1, they'll have a shot. But the Pac-12 will have the edge. If the Pac-12 can get a 12-1 and champion, I think, or, of course, 13-0, and that team would trump the Big 12 champ. So I guess right now I'm going to go Pac-12 champion. I'll say Oregon. Um, oh. Pac-12 champion, um, two Big Ten teams, and Georgia. That'll be my four. Well, I'm going to go a little different. I've got Georgia and Ohio State. I thought that Ohio State win, impressive. You know, to, to win on a last-second play, you gotta you got to tip your cap to them. And then I'm going to go Washington coming out of the Pac-12. I looked at some of these, and it's 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 a it's a bit of a crapshoot when you look at Utah, USC, Washington, Oregon. You know they're bunched in the in the rankings right now, and frankly, they're they're four really good teams. And you know everybody's got to they've got to play all all three or all four of those are playing each other. Some have you know more home games than than road, but I'm going Washington. I'm going to say Washington's going to win, and then. I guess I've bought into Florida State, Barry. I, I mean, I think that Florida State is maybe not as good as those Big Ten teams, but if they if they keep winning, I like Florida State to make the playoff. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think I think Florida State with their historical brand, I think that could carry some weight with the with the uh, selection committee. Well, I you know I, I I can't argue. I think I think the Seminoles they've already won two of the maybe their two toughest games already. Definitely a Definitely a, uh, a a contender there. So uh, I'm just looking forward to the 12 teamer, where we don't have to eliminate so many teams. Uh, you know, right now it's going to be difficult for Notre Dame to make it. Clemson's already out. Um, so uh, a year from now, a lot more teams will stay in the hunt going down the uh, going down the pike. Hey, that's all the time we've got for this week. We'll uh, have the OU-Iowa State game well covered at selloutcrowd.com. Remember that kickoff 6 p.m. on Saturday. So be sure to follow all of our coverage, selloutcrowd.com. And then if you want to check out this podcast, other podcasts and shows, be sure to check it out at YouTube, Spotify, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Go see it there. And then Barry's stuff at barrytrammell.com, mine at jenny-carlson.com. Of course, all of it's at selloutcrowd.com. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next week.